Hello, Sky friends. Scott here. I'm jumping in to let you all know that Seasons of Skyrend has officially launched our Patreon page. Now you can help support the show directly and get some bonuses in return. We have rewards ranging from special Discord roles to outtakes to creating your own NPC for the world of Skyrend and more. Head over to patreon.com slash skyrendpodcast for all the details. Every dollar goes into running and improving the show that you have helped make a success. And with your support, we can make the show even better. Thank you all so much for listening to us. Again, that's patreon.com slash skyrendpodcast. Any amount of support is appreciated. From the bottom of our hearts, thank you. Hello, Sky friends, and thank you for joining us. I am your host and DM, Scott. I'm here today to talk to you about our sponsor, Libris Arcana. They offer dice subscriptions, leather gaming covers, and more. I signed up for their monthly subscription, and let me tell you, these are some great dice. They're perfect for causing some trouble in our game. Head over to their website, librisarcana.com, and you can get a subscription of your very own. That's L-I-B-R-I-S-A-R-C-A-N-A dot com. As a bonus to Seasons of Skyrend listeners, you can use the promo code SKYREND at checkout to receive 20% off your first month. Each month, you'll receive a new and unique set of dice delivered right to your door. Again, enter promo code SKYRAND at checkout to receive 20% off your first month's subscription. Go get yourself some dice and help us keep the lights on. Thank you, and please enjoy this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. Hello, Sky friends, and welcome to Seasons of Skyrend, a custom 5e D&D adventure that focuses on the stories of our characters as they explore their impact on the world and the consequences that follow. I am your host and DM, Scott. Hi, my name is Shannon. I play Arnis Grey, or Grey the Great, to my fans. I am a half-elf bard. Hi, my name is Chris. I play Vale the Changeling Rogue, sometimes known as Kara Frostfall or Lord Carver Golddagger III. Hi, my name is Nate. I play Darvin Grimm, the Human Monk. Thank you for joining us. Please enjoy this chapter in Seasons of Skyrim. Book 2, Chapter 52 Farewell to the Frost Swamp Now 
night passes with a mix of elation and anxiety in the grown village of the Frost Swamp. The bulb that had been poisoning their waters and, in turn, infecting them for well over a century, has been extinguished with the aid of Brumble's mantle. Using that magical energy, you crafted an item to further aid in their recovery. The creation did not go as planned, consuming Vale's right arm in the process. It also created enough of a distraction for Dusty to bring Corum's embrace to the three most sickly grown. Vale and a number of younger grown made him swear not to return through no small act of intimidation and violence. The immediate threats are gone, but they need to prepare for the future. The sun orb you left to replace the bulb won't last forever, and the grung aren't in any condition to travel to Honey Hollow for more. They do trust that Arnis's half-sister, Sicarius, would be willing. As a matter of fact, by the time you all awake in the morning, you find Baron Misha discussing the plans of what to do next with Soro, Prado, and Imelda. Baron Misha is willing to assist with any funerary rites, as they know how much support would mean in this particular situation. Soro and Prado seem eager to go to Krobah, and Imelda is arguing for more time so she can complete a larger teleportation device with the green ice that you retrieved for her. You all have as much time with the Grung as you would like. So, what do you do? Vale's intention is to spend the day, good, like, full the day, working with the younger Grung on typical techniques that rogues are going to use to try to sneak into their camp, or those people who are more stealthy, and techniques that they could use to create alarm systems and prevention. So I um, don't have a lot of time because I know we've got a schedule on taking care of Arnis's issues, but I want to do what I can to prevent them from being completely helpless should the monks of Quorum return. Okay. So how much time do you intend on spending doing that? I intend to spend the day. Oh, just for the one day? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. One day? All right. What do you want to show them specifically? Other than just techniques, like, are you teaching them how to build trip lines? Are you helping them set up traps? What's the... Uh, I think the f- first part of the day is spent going through and finding, like, for lack of a better way of putting it, like, their infiltration weak points. Like, if I was coming in, I'm going to sneak in here, and I'm going to sneak in here, and I'm going to sneak in there. And then teaching them ways, and then the, the other half of the, of the day is, like, these are ways to seal those up and put a trap here. Okay. Well, considering that this village is in a swamp, and they have no city walls to speak of. Yes. What is it you want to show them? Like, how do you intend on helping them protect the myriad of weak points? As pretty much every yeah. angle is an angle of entry. I think it's going to be, like, advanced guard rotation techniques. All the things I would be worried about as an infiltrator for a guard to do, that's what I'm going to teach them to do. Okay. So, you're writing a schedule for the yeah. guards. <laughs> <laughs> I would put like tripwire just under the water, like around the city. Oh, Arnis, are you helping? No. <laughs> <laughs> this wouldn't be Arnis giving this suggestion. It wouldn't even occur to him. But like, create an alarm I've system. Got some survival training. Create an alarm system. Yeah, but and that's not something he's going to think of. Okay. Maybe given where we've been, but but you did see me set up several elaborate alarm systems over our time together. Okay. Like I would, and I would set it up under the water. Something that they're going to notice, but something that like an intruder, they're not going to see. All right. If it's like just under the surface. All right, Vale, you've got a day here. I think Sora right now is 
preoccupied mm-hmm. with the other leaders of the city. Um, who was his second? Uh, Yadav. Mm-hmm. You can certainly go with Yadav and teach her and some of the other younger grung who actually take care of the patrols how to do this. But, because this is D&D and all, we're going to have to roll some dice here. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to go well. I can tell already. <sighs> Setting up traps. What do you imagine this is? Because <laughs> I'm drawing a blank right now. <laughs> My default answer is going to be, this will be a base intelligence role. This is you being able to present this information that you know by the back of your hand in a way that other people can understand it. Teaching is not really one of the default skills here. Um, but if there's something else that you think this fits into, like, is this a survival thing? Um, I would try to argue, because I want the best success possible, that it's a stealth role because you're trying to hide what you're doing from someone who would want to see it. I think if they were under pressure, I would agree with you. But since you've got time here, like, you don't need to be sneaky about setting these up. It's about putting them in places where they won't be found uh, or setting up these rotations in a way that will be effective. You're not teaching them to stealth and you're not teaching Mm -hmm. them Mm -hmm. how to set up things under pressure to hide them. So I think stealth would be a big stretch. I would have to... Let's see. I would allow stealth, but I think the DC would have to be way higher. Um, What about... I'll make one other argument, and then if that doesn't work, I'll go, obviously, with the intelligence. What about using my knowledge of investigation to prevent someone from searching for a trap? Like, I know what people would look for when looking for a trap, and so I want to prevent them from finding those things. Okay. It's like a, more like a counterintelligence yeah. type thing. Yeah. Hmm. All right. I think the danger here is that they're just not going to understand it. Yeah. Like, you're just talking over their head. Yeah. Obviously. Is what I think this is what, what it would come down to. So, go ahead and roll. Totals is 17. So you spend this day with Yadav, setting up patrol schedules for traps, or... You tell me. You have Yadav. You and her, going around, setting things up for the city. Yeah, it's, uh, like I said, the morning is spent kind of doing a walk around, going, okay, this is a clear area where I would try to come through, so we're going to set this trap up here, and I'll show you how to reset it if it does get set. <laughs> What's this trap? It's a, I think like Arna suggested, it's an under, under the water trip line, but I'm not an under the water person. So I work with Yadav to create a signal that that would give off. So mm-hmm. it's very much a team thing too. I'm not just like saying, this is how you do it, but like, this is how you could do it better for yourself. Yadav is fairly smart that you're picking up what you're putting down. And with time, she and the other Grom can put this together and have a wider net of it. Right now you're kind of starting on one end of the city, but it's going well with you and Yadav. She's impressed. Uh, anybody else? What's going on? I guess I like. I want to see how I can help, but I'm me or the grung people. The Sounds grung like the grung people. people. Yeah, but my skill set isn't really going to help anybody here, unfortunately. Right, and I already know that. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of like, I can I like lift some boxes or shit for somebody? <laughs> like, I mean, just like anything that I can do to help anybody, like. I go talk to Imelda. Can I help you in some way? Like, I have nothing to do because, like, my my powers of healing are useless. So, I'm just, like... They're not useless. In this just situation, they in, are useless. Yes. Here in the Frost Swamps, your healing magic... Is ineffective. Is, is not exactly worth the trouble. Exactly. Say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it might bring some slight comfort, but really, they're taking turns under that blanket. Court still has it. 
He's looking better by the day. This is only the second day, so he's looking better today. <laughs> but if you want to help somebody, sure. Who would you like to help, or what particular function of this recovery do you want go, to assist with? Go help the one that's working on the teleportation. That's Imelda. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you want to help Imelda, you may. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go talk to Imelda and just be like, I can I need anything? I don't know. Couple play a coffee. Good song. <laughs> can I play you a tune? You want me to hold some shit? Like I don't I feel like an asshole just sitting around. So like, you want you want a hand? Sure. Don't say that in front of Vale. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, I think Vale and Yadav have gone off to go take care of the perimeter of the area. And the conversation between Baron Misha, Imelda, Prado, and Soro wraps up. Imelda is heading back towards her workshop when you catch her. You ask Imelda what she needs. Well, young man, frankly, what I need is more time. We could send for uh, Sicarius now. We could start heading off and uh, finding more of those orbs of yours. But if I had a new box made up, we wouldn't have to worry about making that trek over and over and over again. Okay, so how can I help? Well, it, to me, it sounds like um, at least Soro is going to go and get Sicarius, and if there's any way you can keep her here uh, while I finish my work, that would be appreciated. I mean, unless you think you can help me make my work go faster. Uh, wh- hmm. What exactly does that entail, helping you make your work? Go faster, so I know whether or not it's something I'm good at. It's magic. It's magic. I've only got two hands, so I have to do everything myself. Most of the other folks around here don't understand magic at my particular level. But you seem skilled. Yeah, when, when, enough when I'm on my game. When you're not, friends tend to lose arms. <laughs> yeah. When I'm not on my game... It doesn't just go wrong, it tends to go really wrong. Yeah. Well, um, I do need this to go right. With the bulb extinguished, I don't know if we'll get any more of this green ice. This may be the last one that I can make for a while. Until I find a replacement, uh, magic fuel. Maybe these sonorbs will make some. I honestly don't know. Right. I, I'm willing to help you. By stalling Sicarius or helping me with the magic? No, helping you with the magic. Oh, okay. Scott, <laughs> when did you have a conversation with you? Uh, I, don't, I don't know if you wanted to hang out with your half-sister again. If I can avoid it, I'm going to. Just because I... Hmm. No, I understand. Like, Arnus Scott, is, the person understands. Yeah, Arnis is going to say something stupid. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's gonna... Awkward. That's gonna go bad real quick. Okay. So you're gonna go off and help Imelda with some magic stuff. That could end up being quite big, quite messy, or quite fun. Um, so first I want to find out what Narvin wants to do. While Vale is off setting up traps and training the younger generation, Arnis is over there chatting up Imelda. Sounds like they're gonna get up to some magic. I think Darvin's gonna spend the day pretending to meditate. <laughs> you know how like sometimes when you want people to leave you alone you pretend to sleep or you put your headphones in but don't listen to anything <laughs> exactly he doesn't really have okay. anything he needs or wants to do that I can think of so this time it's pretending to meditate yeah. not like last time where you said no I have to actually pray <laughs> right <laughs> okay where do you want to do this at I don't know probably out by the horses again 
Did we ever cover if he knows what happened to Dusty? I don't think I would. Because I don't think I told... I know I didn't tell you. No, uh, I don't think I would, now. I think if Vale didn't tell anybody, then nobody else knows at the moment. Because Dusty turned around and left. He didn't stop to find Darwin unless again. He, unless he would have heard like some of the grung that I took talking about it. Which, as far as I know, has not happened. I think, Vale, since you were in charge of that scene and in charge of that action... If you think Darwin would know now, like if you think you told him or you would have told the other grung, it's okay to tell Darwin. I don't think Vale told Darwin, but I also don't think that strategically Vale would have, vale would have told uh, grung to be like, don't talk about this with your friends. Like, oh, okay. should be talking about it because they should know what led to the success in the situation. So I think at some point within that day, Darwin would have heard about the events. Okay. If you didn't tell the grung to like keep hush hush about it, protect Darwin's feelings in any way, then yeah, I don't think Soro and them would have necessarily told Darvin outright, but Darvin, you certainly would have heard the talk among the Grung when they came back about how they shot up this death monk. And he's and not his so- two students like left and what? Sorry, sorry. And he's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, and he's not. He wouldn't, on the other hand, be surprised because he was he knew enough to go warn Dusty ahead of time that this was maybe happening. Mm-hmm. It didn't help, but he was trying to leave. He tried. He tried. Vale just found him too quickly. So I don't think Darwin will be surprised to overhear this. Mm-hmm. I don't think any of the Grung are gloating that they really hurt somebody, but they are proud that they defended their village and the other Grung that they live with. Because, yeah, that's what they do. That's their job in this society is to protect people. Right. Okay. So you're off meditating by the horses. Yeah. Sorry. Pretending. Pretending to meditate. To meditate. What does this look like? Are you sitting on the horse? Are you sitting in a tree somewhere? Are you just Ooh, sitting in, in the water? Tree. I like in a tree. Water okay. doesn't really work because I can't do my monk thing while meditating. No. <laughs> so in a tree is probably the best spot. If I can uh-huh. get like a nice place where I can, you know, sit a little cross-legged. Pretending to meditate. So what's actually going through your head? Oh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. Well, I'm a little conflicted. Okay, a lot conflicted. That's fair. About the events that transpired and the whisperings I'm hearing. We'll call them whisperings. Mm-hmm. Even if they're not whisperings. Which, again, I knew was probably going to happen, so it's not a big yeah. surprise. I feel a little bad for not being there when Vel lost their arm. Like, maybe my presence maybe actually could have helped. On the other hand, magic's not really my thing, so what good would I have done? We'll never know. On the other, other, other hand, I had to stay out of it. you have? More than you. (laughs) Yeah, that's a given right now. I I feel justified that I had to stay out of it. Like, that was an Mm. obvious... All right, all right, all right. I think while you're off in a tree, every once in a while you will see or hear Vale going around with Yadav, going over patrol tactics. But they're not coming up to you. They're not bothering you. You're fine up in your tree. So let's go to Arnis. Okay. So Imelda will take you back to her workshop. Mm-hmm. As you remember, the last time you were here, you saw a bunch of different halves of boxes around, different shapes and sizes. And Imelda will explain to you, these are some of my mm, attempts at getting this to work properly. I didn't have any real success until somewhat recently. Those are all a little mm, too dangerous to use. Eh. I wouldn't advise it. (laughs) But I did have one solid success, and I would love to be able to reproduce that on a larger scale. That uh, that box was only a little over like a foot or so. 
it'd be hard to send anything of substance through it. Like, you couldn't have people traveling through that on the regular, and couldn't use it for shipping or anything like that. But it was a wonderful proof of concept. And as soon as, uh, ooh, question for Shannon, the person. Yeah. Nowhere. Yeah. Does she have a preferred title? Like, Miss? Or Lord? Or Master? Or does she just go by nowhere? She just goes by nowhere. Okay. Imelda will be polite about it. And then as soon as I hear back from nowhere, should be able to have enough to uh, start producing more. And it will definitely help us out. It's not as urgent now that you've helped us with the, uh, the sickness. But we're still a very... Mm, our town still lacks wealth and much of a function beyond surviving. With her support, we could get back to our stronger days. But yes, yes, I, I want to make a new one. I want to make a bigger one to be able to teleport something much larger. But it does take time. But with you, it might be able to go faster. So, at this point, I think Imelda starts showing you a bunch of her previous attempts, like different halves of the boxes, and she's like, oh, yes, that one in there is uh, filled with fire. That one is just freezing cold. That one uh, just stinks real bad if you put anything in it. She's not demonstrating it. She's just rattling things off. And then there's a bunch that she doesn't really remember where they go to or through or whatever. But all of these are small. And then she will walk you over to a much larger box. It's... What's a good scale here? Bigger than a coffin. It's a good box bigger than a coffin. Imelda will take you over to a box that's about the size of a large bed. Oh my, um, it's a large box. Yes, yes, yes. And with your help, it could help us get uh, from point A to point B. Now, what we need to do is use this green ice to create the tear in the box. That's usually what slows me down. Um, it takes a lot of effort, a lot of concentration to get it right, and to send it through the right paths, so to speak. So if you would, and she'll take out the box filled with the green ice, uh, it's got that large chunk of it, please start uh, creating a, a line of this ice across the center of this box. If you were to just draw a line on it. But we need it with the ice. Okay. So I do. Okay. <laughs> uh, it is very tingly to the touch. Mm, fun. Mm-hmm. Um, you get green ice poisoning. Not nearly as strong of a feeling as you got from, say, Brumble's mantle when it absorbed the bulb. But there's, like, hints of that in there. Yeah, I think that part of the procedure is simple enough. And then Imelda brings over this large, clear almost glass-like sheet. Oh, with a lot of these smaller ones, I was able to use bowls and glasses and stuff just to put it on top, but this is much larger, and we do need to contain the magic. She, like, hands you one end, tells you to drape it over the whole thing. Okay. Until you've got this big, almost glass-like tent over this box. And now comes the hard part. Now comes the actual magic of it. And as she's walking around this... She's got, like, this ink substance, and she's using it to draw symbols all on the outside. Magic runes, basically. More magic runes. It went real well the last time you did these. So well. So good. <clears throat> this usually takes me a number of days to get through. But with someone else, it may, may not take as long. Sure. So, let's make some magic. Okay. And what she needs your help with is 
activating the runes in sequence and keeping magic flowing. Okay. How does Arnus do this? Well, I'm going to have to play... Ooh, music, huh? Yeah, I'm going to have to. It's the easiest way for me to channel anything. Very nice. All right. As you start playing, you start hearing M's voice sing along. Imelda is shocked by this, but is willing to let it slide. That's a curiosity for after this endeavor is over. But she's definitely eyeing your loo. Like, ooh, I wonder what I can do magic-wise with that. It sings. So, Arnis, you want to help? Yeah, I, I guess. I, I, I'm going to need you to roll some arcana here. This is your first test. New dice. If you roll a one, I'm burning you in the microwave. Oh, that's a lie. You're really pretty. I'm not going to do that. This is probably not going for the microwave. 16. The green ice along the center line of that box starts glowing. And you can see it start to bleed down through it. But not like into the wood of the box itself. Almost like it's falling straight through. Um, you just see like a beam of light just kind of shine down through it. It reminds you a lot of Vale's arm. Oh, good. But this is on purpose. Like, Imelda is not shocked. She seems to be thinking like, oh, good. According to plan. Good. I think that'll cover you for a few hours in here as you're helping Imelda out for the first phase. And then you get to the second phase, and Imelda starts going around and changing some of the runes, like drawing new lines through them and shifting their purpose. Says, okay, this part here's a, a little tricky. It's one thing to separate the two. It's another to keep them connected. So, uh, so this is important. <laughs> please, please don't mess it up. <laughs> Uh, roll Arcana again. A crit. <laughs> hey, I have a crit in like three weeks. <laughs> New dice. <laughs> Wonderful. I think there's a flare of magical energy, and there's just this bright green plane of light bisecting this box, this big old wooden box. And Imelda's eyes sparkle, and she starts grinning. There's a look of accomplishment and certainty, and she's just like, wonderful. Darwin and Vale, from wherever you are here in the frost swamps, you start to see a bright green light coming from Imelda's workshop. Pretty. Not all that dissimilar from what happened when you were creating the blanket. And a number of other growing are trying to peek in through the door, the window, like, see what's going on, but none of them are brave enough to go in. Do you do anything? Mm. No, I'm reading the room. They're not brave enough, neither am I. Okay. Vale? Vale goes running. <laughs> Towards the light. Oh, to it, okay. <laughs> yes, after what happened last time, figuring something bad's probably happening. When you get into the doorway, you see Arnis playing his lute, you can hear M singing, and you see Imelda, the elderly grung, just with this biggest smile on her face. Things seem to be going according to plan. It's getting evening time now. Arnis has been at this for a while. Arnis, while you're playing your lute, Imelda will come up to you. Are you doing okay? Can you keep going? The last part is the hardest, of course. I think so. Yeah. Excellent. Imelda turns to Vale, standing over the door. Don't get too close. If anything goes wrong, I would hate to have something happen to your other arm. 
Bill kind of clenches their one good fist, like, really gonna joke about that right now? It just stands there. It's not so much a joke as it is just clinical concern. Yes. Don't approach that rocket unless you want to have your face burned off. But Fail may also just be a little sensitive right now. Okay. It was a little deadpan. Yeah. Imelda is not aware of your humor sensibilities, let's say. She doesn't know if this is a touchy subject or not. All right. Well, Arnis, if you're intent on continuing to help, the night gets darker. The plane of light starts burning down until it looks like the line around the box itself is just glowing like a green plasma glow. And Imelda tells you, okay, this last part here, as I said, the most crucial. This determines the path. If we can get this last part correct, this box could be very useful for us. And she again goes around and touches up the runes on the outside of this giant glass-like sheet draws new figures over them, connects them with various lines, and there's some really weird arcane symbols she's using. It's grung magic. Not that they are inherently magic, but like the, the magic she's using was created by the grung. Like, it's methods that they've created, so it's like old grung runes. And as she finishes the last connective rune, the whole sheet just starts glowing this yellowish color from the runes themselves. Okay, this should be it. If we can get this part right, no pressure. No pressure on the man who lost somebody in arm. It's fine. Mm-hmm. I don't say any of that out loud. Just internally, you're like last time. <laughs> last time there was no pressure. Right. You and M are in a wonderful harmony right now, playing and singing along. No pressure. I got a ten. And as you're playing and assisting her with the magic, you start to see it flicker. I go. And you see a little bit of concern in Imelda's eyes. Like, oh, no, this doesn't look right at all. Um, just, just focus and concentrate. Let me try to fix something. Uh, she starts, like, grabbing things off the shelf. She's, like, spritzing things on this sheet. Uh, she's drawing new rooms. Like, no, no, no. Can't do this again. Um, oh, dear. Oh, good. It's not just me. No, it's not just you. Perfect. Um, she's starting to panic a little bit. I'm not going to be the only one to F this up. It's <laughs> good. Well, I don't want you to blame just yourself. I already blame myself for playing. It's fine. She goes through, and the light flickering from it starts to change color. Uh, it starts as this green, yellowish... And then it starts getting a deeper color. You start seeing a little bit of red or blue poke through. Oh, no, 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 no. Um, Arnis, you and the loot. One more time, please. Just try to bring magic into harmony, to put it into musical terms. She doesn't know that's the right thing to do, but she's trying to relate to you as a musical magician. And you can feel it. It feels off-key. I want to accidentally kill a grung. Or me. Or Vale. <laughs> It'll be fine. <laughs> I hate you so much. Um, okay. Okay, before you roll. <laughs> Darvin and Vale, you can see this light flickering. Um, oh, God. 
uh, the light changing colors, you hear some panic, you hear Imelda knock over a few bottles or, like, a chair uh, while she's going through this, and there's certainly some, like, concerned murmuring from the rest of the group. Oh, my God. Are you all doing anything? Bill steps out of the building. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, that's not funny. Yeah, it is, though. I guess Darvin steps out of his tree and, you know, moves closer to be a little less... Assholy. Assholy? Yeah, a little less, you know. Uninvolved? Yeah, a little less. Mm. This is someone else's problem. You were that you were appearing as too indifferent before. Right. Is this concern genuine? Well, of course. Okay, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> I want to make sure. I mean, if Arnis is involved, and he's. Which I assume he is, I don't remember mm-hmm. if I know that, but I assume if there's some crazy yeah. light happening, it's probably Arnis up to some tricks. There's Vale backing out of the doorway. Yadav is peeking up through a window, looking in. There's a bunch of other grown nouns, like very cautiously approaching, looking in. Darvin gets closer too, gets a nice good view at Aranus, and all eyes are on you and Amelda as you try to finish off this teleportation box. See, and normally I'd be in my element. You have an audience. With all eyes on me, but I'm not rolling performance. <laughs> Your performance is often magic. Yeah, I know, but... Alright. Remember that one time when I made an entire grown town go kersplody? Because I think that's about to happen. Maybe not. That's a 19. (laughs) Cool, I don't have to murder a town. I think if there's one god, it probably would have been okay with that. You and M get back into a groove... She's singing along. You can feel yourself coming into alignment with the magic and pulling it along in that direction, too. And the color of the light stabilizes. All of those deeper colors vanish, get swallowed up by the green and the yellow. And just before the light gets too intense to even look at, it's like a vacuum just sucks it all back into the box. And there's almost just this absence of light around this one line of the box. And Imelda says, well, (sighs) it either worked or it didn't. So are the two options. I mean, we're not dead, so I'll take that as a win. (laughs) Nobody lost a limb. That's a win. This is uh, certainly a lot brighter than any of the smaller ones that we've tried. Help me get this off. Pull the like glass-like sheet off. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, to remove that. And look down, and there's this big, bed-sized wooden box. It looks whole, except for that one line of the absence of light around it, around the center of it. All right, um, oh, we'll need some, we might need some help here, some stronger folk. We need to push this apart. Okay, I will go get someone. What? <laughs> We need, we need some extra hands here. Oh, push. there's like ten people around this place. Hey, <laughs> some of you people, come in here. <laughs> Who wants to go, go in and help? In. You don't have to. You're like... No, I go in because you asked for help. And I say, hi, waving my good hand and say, what can I do for you? I... We're, apparently, we need help with something. We just I'm not need, entirely sure what. <laughs> we just need to separate the box. We just need to separate these two halves here. So we just need some push. Okay. It's big. I'm small. I'm old. What do you want me to do? Okay. I, so. Okay. 
no idea what's going on here. This is, just open it. This is your magic thing, not me. So I'm very confused. Does <laughs> uh, like one half go one place and the other half go the other place? Is that how it works? I'm very confused. Well, that's what tests are for. Oh, okay. Uh, Darwin, are you staying outside? I don't know anything about teleportation. Yeah, probably. Okay. I don't want to get in the way. I think you dive and a couple of the other younger to middle-aged drone will come in and help push these two halves apart. And as you look in, it just looks like two halves of a box. <sighs> well, at first glance, it all looks good. We do need a test subject, though. Have to put something through it. It doesn't have to be a person. I oh, say, I would not suggest a person first. No, I was going to say plenty <laughs> of inanimate objects around right. here, outside. Yeah, not a bad idea. Leaves, plants. What you, uh, something bigger than that. Uh, something at least a few feet long. I busted up some trees yesterday. Uh, some branches would do just fine. I'll go get some. All right. Arnis goes off to go get some branches. It's the least I can do. Imelda stays behind inspecting the edges of this box, just to look to make sure nothing is glaringly bad. Vale, are you going to help Arnis? Are you sticking around here with Imelda in the box? I'm going with Arnis. Okay. Hey. Hey, Arnis. How can I lend you a hand? Oh, you can make jokes. Um, with Arnis, yeah, I'm going to make a slightly bad joke. Uh, <laughs> apparently, I need branches as a test subject. Okay, I can carry a couple. Cool. How many are you bringing back? I don't know. Armful. Okay. I guess. Like, I don't... She said something bigger, a couple feet long. So if yeah. we can find one decently large sturdy branch, then we will carry it between us. But... Yeah. You know, something that you could put through without risk of putting yourself in. Yeah. Sure. Okay. So just one branch. Like a, like a big one, though. Not like a little, like, twiggy branch. Like a, right. like a big one where I... Because I... <laughs> You did create a pretty big explosion out there in the swamp. Yeah. I think you can find a nice long branch. How long is this branch that you bring back? Oh, three or four feet. Okay. Much shorter than I was expecting. You broke some trees, so... You could get anything up to probably like 10, 15 feet. But if you just want three or four... I don't think that's going to fit in the box, is it? Size of a bed? 10, 15 feet? Too big? Three or four feet will do. Yeah, no, it'll be fine. Okay. So you come back... With this nice long branch, and everybody is watching, and it's very curious. And Imelda's initial studying of the box lets her know, well, there's no obvious signs that it's bad. And at this point, the two halves of the box are set up kind of side by side, so that both open ends are facing the same direction. Well, I just need one of you to start putting it in from one end, and the other one get ready to take it out from the other. Somebody else can do I mean, it. There's grung there who are willing to help or just do it by themselves. Uh, yeah, I just want to know if like, you guys want to be personally I'm involved. I'll help. All right. So, Arnis, you go up to one half of the box with this branch, mm-hmm. and you start... <laughs> and... How is that worse? It's not. It's just a funny sound with the image in my head. It's funny. <laughs> Sorry. (laughs) Imelda is watching intently. This is an experiment for her, so she's taking notes. And as soon as it passes the plane of where the box was cut in half, that end just starts coming out of the other half of the box. And about halfway through, she's, stop, 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 stop. I have to make sure everything's okay to see what it's going through. She'll go up to inspect the other end of the branch. Well, it's... 
touches it, smells it, uh, licks her finger. Mm. It's not poison. That's good. It's not on fire. That's a start. Mm. She like puts her hand on one end, puts the other hand on the other. Hmm. It's a little warmer when it comes out, so whatever it's, wherever it's going through, possibly tempered enough. All right, go ahead and finish. Throw it in. Okay, kind of chuck it. And yeah, Yadav and a couple other grung catch it as it spills out of the other half of the box. I think all in all, Imelda is fairly pleased. I would love to. Ha- mm. I would love to get a volunteer. Nope. Spent my entire life believing that teleportation was not a thing that was possible. I am not doing it. You've already done enough for us. You've done so much. I won't force you if you don't want to. Yeah, most of that is inner monologue. (laughs) The the outer part is really just like, yeah, I don't think I can do that. Nope. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, I think by the time Sicarius gets here, we won't have to delay her. Uh, she might need a hand taking this with her, though. Uh, nope. No? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to imply it would be you. I didn't necessarily say that out loud. In my brain, I'm just like, nope. No. No. Whole bunch of no. That's like two months on the road. Nope. With your half-sister. With my half-sister. Oh, think of the bonding. Think of the murder. Awkward. <laughs> okay. Um, Sam would enjoy it. Sure, he I would. I don't know actually who would be more actually, awkward for. I don't think he would. He doesn't seem the long-term relationship kind of guy to me. That's true. Just from observation. Just from personal experience? Yeah, just from observation. Fair assessment. I haven't talked to him about it. <laughs> so I don't know. And it's not like you guys have stayed in any place for more than a week or two. Yeah. Outside of uh, Karami. Right, and I don't know what he gets up to in Karami. Don't you worry. <laughs> so, after this seeming success, this test trial, uh, I think Imelda will explain to you like the basics of how this works. And what it boils down to is she's able to split an object, and it basically creates a connected planes. So you walk through one end, and you come out the other end. Um, to get super nerdy about it... <laughs> because why not? Because I haven't been nerdy enough yet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's not like we're running a D&D podcast or anything. It's fine. <laughs> uh, where the box or whatever object is that she separates, those two sides are basically quantum entangled. So you go through one side and come out the other. Just bypassing space and time in between. Sometimes you have to travel through a little bit of... To get there? <laughs> This is, is the, the first si- time. Is that the scientific term? Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes, you know, things put in one side look fine, come out the other side on fire. That's so awesome. Um, covered in bites. I, I haven't made anything big enough to send a person through yet. This would be the first one that I would trust sending a person through. The other ones here in the room, I wouldn't trust sending a person through. It would be uh, unwise, even if you could squeeze through question that may or may not be moderately inappropriate Uh-oh. or overstepping. You can ask. Considering that teleportation uh, like doesn't exist or didn't until you did this thing and 
somebody has your other uh, viable test of this. The prototype, yes. Yeah, how much do you know about them? Um, oh, nowhere. She was, yeah. she was delightful. <laughs> she was charming. Okay. Uh, she promised me that she was going to get word out about my discovery uh-huh. uh, to bring funding and assistance to the ground. Uh, has that happened? Not yet, no. How it's long, a big world. How long ago was she here? Well, first of all, it's not that it didn't exist. It's just that it was broken. I found a way around that. Mm. Oh gosh, that would have been... Oh, well, it's um, closer to a year now than not that she was here. It's a big world out there, though. Yeah, it's, uh... It's not that big. I... What... It's... Here's what I'm saying. (laughs) It's not so big that you shouldn't be starting to see some return on that investment by now. This thing that you got, I know that you're going to use it for your people. Yes. Don't give it away. Well, I'm going to give half of it to Sicarius to take it with her to... To... um, uh, That place you said. Honey Hollow. Yes. More sun orbs. We won't have to make the trek back and forth all the time. Um, be cautious. Mm-hmm. And be wary of when nowhere comes back. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I know I'm screwing myself here, but, like, I... Arnis would be remiss if he didn't give her a warning when he senses potential trouble. Okay. Some lady stole their technology and is not giving it back or doing anything for them. She's gonna be back. <laughs> as far as Imelda's concerned, that wasn't stolen. That was part of a deal. Yeah. It was a bargain that they set up in good faith. Yeah. And Imelda still believes that that's in good faith until she has reason to believe otherwise. You could try to convince her, but I don't. No, know what I'm not. I'm not going to work. I'm not going to work any harder <laughs> against yourself. Really against like my own player, but. Okay. So, yeah. It is nighttime again. Vale has been successful in teaching Yadav how to set up patrols, underwater traps. Arnis has helped Imelda with creating a new teleportation box. Darwin has successfully skirted any blame for any of the killings that have happened lately. (laughs) (laughs) And before the village goes to sleep... Soro and Prado are getting ready to head off to Crowbar. They're going to go get Sicarius. They've been spending the day getting things ready. It takes a little bit of time to get there, but they know the way. They won't be as slow as you were on your horses, just because this isn't horse terrain for the most part. Anything else you want to do here? Nope, I think we rest up and then head out. Right. Face fate. Unless there's anything else that they seem to need from us before we leave. But probably not. Is there anything you want to give them or do for them before you leave? There's not an obvious need, but if there's something that you want to do... I mean, at this point, we've taught them kind of what we know about the sun orb, right? Which is Mm -hmm. basically how to, like, kind of turn it on and turn it off. And that's that's really all we know, so... They turned it on, put it down there, and just left it on. Yeah. That's it. That way they can keep their eggs warm. And that way they can hatch and be healthy. But yeah, it's a temporary solution. Yeah. Because we know that they burn out. Mm-hmm. We don't know how long, necessarily, but... And neither do they. And that's why they're eager to go get more. Yeah. Okay. So, when you all settle in for the night, Darwin, uh, how does it feel to still be in this town? 
where like Corum sent your friends and uh, monastery mates, and everybody seems to be getting healthier. Um, a little awkward, <laughs> but you know we set free those that needed to be set free, so it's all good. Though I'm glad we're <laughs> apparently leaving soon. Yeah, I think Sam Sniffins are both real eager to go. Baron Misha's got a lot on their mind. But we can save that for the morning. Okay. I'm so stoked. Yo. Woohoo. Let's do it. Well, it looked like the three of you had a bit of a day. Bale's been tromping around the frost swamps all day. Probably a little tired from that. Still dealing with the whole missing an arm thing. Arnus went through some sort of magic stuff, and Darvin's been off on his own a lot. Well, Baron Misha respects solitude. It's not that they would have preferred to be alone forever, but they got used to it after a real long time. They understand Mm -hmm. the value of it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, y'all have a nice good rest. Morning comes. Soro and Prado are long gone. Baron Misha is talking with Imelda when you wake up. Not about being a guinea pig to go through the teleportation box, no. Um, (laughs) They are not that bold, I will say. Yeah. Mm. They're not that bold. That's a good word for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are... What's the word? Uh, Baron Misha is very duty-minded. And he sees this village that has gone through a lot of bad things. And knows that the closest elven support is in Crowbaugh. And they don't seem to be very active here. So they are making a promise to Imelda. As, as soon as I get back to the capital, I'm going to make sure someone gets sent out here to help you. Someone or someone's. It's not right that you should be on your own as much as you are. I'd like to see what the elves do with her teleportation technology. Um, yeah. What are y'all doing? I guess getting ready to leave. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because I know yeah. that, like, I mean, I'm at the point with Imelda where if I keep pestering her, pestering her about, like, being precious about her technology, she's just gonna, like, it's it's gonna, I don't know, it's not gonna end well. And I'd rather leave on good terms than on poor ones. All right. Melda definitely thanks you for your help. Mr. Arnis, thank you so much. I, don't, I couldn't have done that nearly as quickly uh, without you. Tell me, did, did you put that voice in your loot? Was that you? No. I would love to experiment on it, but I have other <laughs> things that I need to do unless you want to stay a while. I really don't. Nor, uh, I mean, like, no offense, I've seen what you can do, and it's incredibly impressive. Uh, I'm, I'm not letting you do experiments on my loot, even if I was staying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, sing-song whispers in here. Thank you. She's kind of a mad scientist, this woman. She is. I kind of love it. If I wasn't Arnis, I would stick around and be like, let's do mad scientist-y things. <laughs> it's not my jam. <laughs> Vale and Darwin, uh, what are y'all up to before we head out? I'm just getting ready to go. I don't think I have anything else I need to do. Okay. Vale is... Vale's gonna... The process of trying to figure out how to best do their thing now. And the first thing they need to do is lighten their load, so um, Vale's gonna put the rapier in the boot of holding, because for a while it's gonna be useless to them, mm-hmm. along with kind of like all of its like belting and everything, in hopes that that lightens the load a little. Okay. And uh, then trying to figure out what's going to happen with riding these horses. 
Um, you need to, like, swap partners or something? I was thinking, well, let's see. Right now we've got Arnis. You're sharing a horse with Baron? Baron Misha. Baron Misha. And Vale and Darvin, you're sharing a horse, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're on horse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Still and... so funny. Okay. <laughs> Calm down. No. <laughs> and Okay. Uh, Sam and Sniffins are on Woodward. I mean, vale, if you just wanted to have Darvin take the reins. Last you're... time I did that, that went so well. <laughs> No, I think the issue is who Vale is riding with. I feel like that's oh. going to just be an awkward riding situation yeah. for the two of us for a while there. I think that's the issue, yeah. not like, how am I going to hold the reins of this horse? So, are you riding with Arnus, or is Darvin riding with Arnus? Trusting Arn- so you want to ride with Baron Misha? Yeah, I'm going to ask Baron Misha if he wouldn't mind... Okay. Yeah, I don't want to. This is not a nope. This is not an area where you want to be relearning how to ride a horse. This is not beginner's terrain. Mm-hmm. I just want to say that's very big of you <laughs> to share a horse with elven nobility. There's a lot. Vale's dealing with a lot of layers right now. Well, I mean, you know. Well, there's the only the only thing that's going through Vale's head is like, okay, let's just completely practical. The elven noble's going to be able to ride the horse pretty well. And ignore everything else. <laughs> Smart. Yeah, Baron Misha is fine with that. They know how to ride a horse. You're going to have to hold on nice and tight. You've only got the one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, all right, where are we going? As you mount up and get ready to leave on your horses, which direction are we headed? Where are we headed, Arnis? Patches. And with that... We'll bring this chapter to a close, but the story will always continue. Thanks again to all of our Patreon patrons for your support. If you'd like to become a patron, go to patreon.com slash Podcast and pick out a level that's right for you. Before we go, I'd like to give special thanks to everyone at the $5 and up tiers. At the $5 City Council level, thank you, Maximilian John and Shannon DeMello. At the $10 mayor level, thank you, Sierra Jones. And at the very generous $15 governor level, thank you, Steve Geddes. Podcast art created by Vanessa Blockland. You can find more of her art on Facebook or at vanessablockland.com. Blockland spelled B-L-O-K-L-A-N-D. Podcast music by Daryl Dibber Reconos. You can find more of his music at dibber.mo or at soundcloud.com slash dibbermusic. Dibber spelled D-I-B-U-R. Thank you for listening to this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. If you like what you heard, please leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes or wherever you find us. If you want to chat, we're on Twitter at Skyrend Podcast. You can join our Discord server or you can email us at skyrendpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us online at skyrenpodcast.com.